0: Tonight, after a disastrous program in which children were encouraged to turn in used needles for chocolate bars, surely the time has come for the province of Ontario to shutter the South Riverdale Community Health Center. It's Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. You may have noticed that we've been running an ongoing series of reports under the banner fixourcities.com. Oh, and there is so much to fix in our great dominion these days, thanks to the disease of far left liberalism that allows and even condones lawlessness to take lease. Case in point, Toronto's Allen Gardens, this former downtown gem, continues to be occupied by drug addicts, drug dealers, vagrants, and other reprobates. The once pristine park is now litter-strewn as filthy tents take the place of lawns and flowerbeds. Violence, including stabbings and sexual assaults, are routine here, as are bonfires and loud music that blare into the wee hours of the night. And the city's responses to shrug. Oh, sure, they've asked the occupiers breaking some 11 sections of the Trespass Act to leave, pretty pleased with sugar on top. But the city gatekeepers are about as relevant as professional wrestling referees when it comes to respect and authority. So it is. These occupiers refuse to budge. Indeed, with every passing week, their numbers seem to grow. Uh, Let's hope for an early winter. And just to give you an idea of how the city has its park priorities in order, if you happen to be a professional dog walker and you have the unmitigated temerity to let your canine clients use the off-leash dog park at Allen Gardens, There is signage warning that this activity is strictly verboten and you shall be fined. Unbelievable. But it gets worse. A few clicks east of Allen Gardens is the increasingly gentrified neighborhood of Leslieville. But pity the beleaguered homeowners and business people trying to get by in this neighborhood thanks to a certain nondescript building located at 955 Queen Street East. It's called the South Riverdale Community Health Center. It sounds like you might find basketball courts or swimming pools here, but actually this is a venue for a so-called safe injection site and a so-called safe supply program. It attracts drug addicts, some are harmless, others are completely deranged, and it attracts drug dealers plying their trade And that latter group is especially problematic to this community. How problematic, you ask? Well, you may recall that it was outside this facility where a gunfight erupted on July 7th. Suddenly, Queen Street resembled the shootout at the OK Corral as dueling drug dealers sought to settle their disputes via gunplay. The end result was the senseless murder of Carolina Hubner muckarat a mother of two. Carolina was merely strolling down Queen Street in broad daylight en route to a lunch po- appointment when she was downed by a stray bullet. But alas, that's the price to society. That's the price we must pay for progressiveness these days, right? Now, you would think that at the very least, the egregious murder of Carolina Hubner Muckerat should have resulted in this safe injection site being shut down, at least temporarily, at least until an investigation uh, regarding this rancid facility could be completed. But no, it's business as usual at the South Riverdale Community Health Center. In fact, the other day, the Mensa Club members who run this safe injection site came up with a so-called marketing ploy that was so bat shite crazy that we first did some research to ensure we were not being subjected to some sort of a sick prank. Here's the skinny. A few days ago, passerby Ginny Roth spotted a poster that had been posted at the South Riverdale Community Health Center, and it made her do a double take. The poster read, quote, got sharps, want chocolate? For every full sharps container you return to counterfeit, we'll give you a chocolate bar, end quote. Thankfully, Jenny took a photo of this poster and posted it to social media, given that the signage has since been hastily removed. But on so many levels, this is equal parts astonishing and disturbing. For starters, heads up out there, how many parents want their children gathering up used hypodermic needles? Oh, sure, an errant jab might lead to contracting everything from hepatitis to HIV. But hey, kids, you stand to be rewarded with a chocolate bar. It turns out that this perverse reimagining of an Easter egg hunt is the bailiwick of an organization called Counterfeit. No, seriously, folks, that's its name, Counterfeit. Counterfeit is a harm reduction program for women, and it doesn't seem to mind causing potential serious harm for children. By the way, the very fact that this needle collection program exists, albeit temporarily, speaks volumes about the environment that surrounds this center. Imagine that. There are enough discarded sharps, Nearby, that counterfeit can come up with a whiz bang promotion to enlist kids to scoop up these potentially harmful needles in order to what score a Snickers bar. This is proof positive that this facility has no place in a residential neighborhood. Indeed, this egregious Sharps for chocolates promotion even drew the attention of conservative leader Pierre Polyev, who had this to say on Twitter: "Quote." This is an actual sign from a drug consumption site in Toronto. What is happening in Canada? End quote. No word yet from Prime Minister Trudeau about this preposterous program. Yet, what do you want to bet that Blackface likely approves of such an initiative, given that this program is undoubtedly yet another example of diversity, inclusion, and equity? So it was that my cameraman Maurizio and I visited the South Riverdale Community Health Centre on Tuesday, and we brought along a bag full of needles. We just wanted to put this harebrained program to the test. Namely, what sort of chocolate bar would we receive for our sharps? Would it be a low-end Mars bar or a top-shelf Laura Secord treat? Well, here, check out the warm welcome we received. Hey, how you doing there? No. Oh, I'm just here to, excuse no, me. No,
1: you're not here for anything. Please um, leave.
0: I'm, I've got syringes no. here. I'm here for my candy bar. Sir,
1: please leave.
0: I'm here for my please, candy bar. Please, please leave. Excuse me. No, no, you can't come in. Well, this is a public facility, isn't not it? Not for you, no. No? Why is that? Okay. Oh, geez, you're crushing me. Yes. It, you have a sign that says, if you live in Leslieville okay, and you you're so concerned good. about your kids picking up needles that surround the drug consumption site, you don't have to worry, in fact, if your kids collect enough, they can trade them in for chocolate. Here's my bag of needles, do you want to take it? Please leave. No? No comment, but you have a sign advertising a, a candy bar. No comment. What about yourself, sir? Can I get a Mars bar, or Snickers? I don't, I don't work here, I'm sorry. You don't work here? No, no I'm a neighbor. Oh, okay then, sorry about that. So ma'am, who are you? Because you advertised a a free candy bar for syringes, and here they are. Why did you put up that sign if you don't mean to fulfill the contract? What about that? Did you guys know Miss Mohammed? She's being charged with uh, helping one of the, no comment? She's one of the workers here now charged with the, uh, the murder. Wow. Now, if you can imagine the entitlement of the thugs who patronize this community center, Maurizio had his cell phone stolen right out of his hands by some deranged reprobate. That resulted in us calling the police and they responded en masse. Our thanks, by the way, to the police for that response. Oh, by the way, don't blame the Toronto Police Service for a lack of law enforcement presence in this troublesome area. The political puppet masters have allegedly told the Boys in Blue to avoid patrolling this criminal hotbed. You see, evidently the sight of police officers may further stigmatize the clients of the South Riverdale Community Health Centre. Oh, and we can't have that, can we? Yeah, so as Toronto continues to reimagine itself as San Francisco North, the police are actually being instructed to avoid places where there is a very high likelihood of crime being committed. Yeah, that sounds completely logical, doesn't it? Speaking of criminals, one of the suspects in the killing of Carolina Hubner Muckarat was arrested several weeks ago. His name is Damien Hudson. He is the poster boy for the caption, Menace to Society. For starters, Hudson has an incredibly long criminal record dating back to 2011. He's been charged with everything from assault with a weapon to attempted murder. And incredibly, this animal was not put behind bars, but instead he was out on bail when Carolina was killed, perhaps from a bullet emanating from Hudson's handgun. Oh, did I not mention that this darling? had previously violated his probation orders some 16 times over but thanks to the blackface liberals trash like hudson are worthy of a 17th chance the real threat to canadian society after all is all those saskatchewan duck hunters hence the rationale for blackface's obscene gun grab but get this just three hours before we arrived at the South Riverdale Community Crack Centre, Toronto Police released an update on the murder of Carolina Hubner mukarat Namely, two new suspects had just been arrested. The first is 20-year-old Hamad Mustafa Ibrahim. He's charged with manslaughter, robbery, and I know the following info might just shock you folks failing to comply with the terms of his probation the other suspect who was arrested is very surprising indeed that would be 23 year old Khalila zara muhammad she's charged with accessory after the fact and obstruction of justice in relation to the shooting but get this folks miss muhammad is actually an employee at the safe injection site What's more, according to True North, she was featured in a glowing CBC news report last year in which she advocated for more drug consumption sites in order to, you know, reduce stigma. You can't make this up, folks, because it would appear that in trying to figure out who's who in the safe injection zoo, it is getting harder to tell the livestock from the zoo keepers. But back to that outrageous Sharps for Chocolate poster, thankfully the outcry on social media resulted in the poster's removal. Jason Altenberg, who is the CEO of the South Riverdale Community Health Center, released the following statement, quote, in an exuberance to get used needles off the street, one of our staff posted a sign that was never meant for the public, in no way, shape or form, Was that communication meant for children? We apologize for any miscommunication, end quote. Um, Is anyone other than a drooling dimwit buying that explanation? Altenberg says the communication was never meant for children, but it addresses children directly in that the reward is a child-appealing chocolate bar. And what's this exuberance bullshite? This was not a hastily crafted handwritten message on a piece of foolscap rather it was professionally rendered and i bet it went through an approval process too in fact i'm betting that altenberg and all the other woke dopes at this center probably thought it was a perfectly good idea until the community responded otherwise <laughs> pathetic so what is going to be done about this so-called safe injection site that is adversely affecting an entire neighborhood well, folks, in a word, nothing. For example, coincidentally, the constituency office for the Liberal MP for the riding where the safe injection site is located is less than a football field away from the site. But good luck getting a comment from MP Julie DeBruzen, as we discovered last month. Well, this is the constituency office, folks, for the federal member of Parliament. That would be Julie DeBruzen. And uh, as you can see, uh, it's locked down. There's plenty of people in here. They're not closed. They're just not letting us in. Or maybe they're just so shell-shocked by what happens. They're not opening the door to any strangers. It's too bad I would have liked to ask them the question if they think this is an appropriate area for a safe injection site, so called. And like I said, it is literally less than a football field away, but nobody let's see. Nope, they're they're not interested. They are simply not interested in providing a comment. Yeah, no comment and no access either. But I wonder, did DeBruzen's crew lock the doors due to our oncoming arrival, or are those doors always locked, given the number of cretins who are attracted to this particular postal code? We'll never know, as DeBruzen remains silent on this file. We also reached out to Ontario NDP MPP Peter Tobbins, as well as Toronto City Councillor Paula Fletcher for comment. These leftists support these sorts of safe injection sites, but they have nothing to say about the harm such sites do to the community. Oh, by the way, Fletcher is the former leader of the Communist Party of Canada. You'd think having that on your resume would make you unelectable in Canada, but not in Hogtown. Still, when you have a dyed-in-the-wool Marxist-setting policy, well, guess what? You just end up with more safe injection sites. Meanwhile, we did get a response from Liberal MP Dr. Carolyn Bennett's office. Well, sort of. Her office staff merely suggested we reach out to the City of Toronto and the Toronto Police Service. Thanks. As As previously noted, the Toronto Police are being politically handcuffed when it comes to carrying out their law enforcement duties especially in this section of Toronto little wonder that the Toronto Police Association stated the following in a Twitter post back on July 9th quote where is the outrage from the public slash local politicians over an innocent bystander being murdered in broad daylight on our city streets end quote yes where indeed And that's the solution to this problem, folks. Namely, the political will to do the right thing. Safe injection sites do not work. They cause more harm than good. But for whatever perverse reason, the woke left embraced these facilities. Meanwhile, to its credit, the province of Alberta is embracing the opposite approach, implementing programs to get addicts off drugs and off the streets as opposed to perpetuating their addictions and their homelessness. Oh, those cruel right-wingers in Wild Rose Country, how dare they actually care about trying to do something tangible when it comes to eradicating human suffering. You know, it used to be that when a situation got out of control, the response from those desperate for a resolution would ask the following query, What's it going to take to change things? Is someone going to actually have to die? But when it comes to the South Riverdale Community Health Center and the clientele it attracts, Carolina Hubner Makarat already paid the ultimate price. And the response of this so-called community center was not to relocate its safe injection site out of this neighborhood, but instead To launch a ludicrous program encouraging children to pick up potentially deadly hypodermic needles in exchange for chocolate? Of note, following our report about the Needles for Chocolate program, Ontario's Ministry of Health says it is now launching a so-called critical incident review of the province's consumption and treatment services sites. The reason? Well, they say it's due to the daytime murder of Ms. Hubner muckarat But that shooting took place on July 7th, folks. Why is the province only announcing such an investigation now? And no word from the province on the chocolates for hypodermic needles campaign? Really? And in the meantime, wouldn't it be prudent to shut down this so-called health centre pending the results of such an investigation? Or is that too much to ask? Because at the end of the day, what's happening at the South Riverdale Community Health Center is not harm reduction. This is a taxpayer-funded and a government-approved descent into madness. When one thinks of a school board, one would imagine that such an organization is staffed with dedicated education professionals, the prime directive being educating children. And then there is the Toronto District School Board. Apparently, this entity is hostile and downright intimidating to any person who offers up an opinion that runs contrary to the woke mob running the TDSB. Indeed, respected education consultant Margaret Wilson reviewed the TDSB way back in 2015, stating that a, quote, culture of fear, end quote, is so endemic to the board that many staff are too afraid to use board email addresses out of concern of being monitored. And folks, that's just for starters. And joining me now is the investigative reporter with True North, that would be Sue Ann Levy, who just recently published a piece entitled, The TDSB's Culture of Terror under Colleen Russell-Rollins. And joining me now is Sue Ann Levy herself. Hey Sue Ann, thank you for joining me here on the Ezra event show tonight.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Always a
0: pleasure. Likewise, Sue Ann. So first things first, who is Colleen Russell-Rollins and what is she all about?
1: <laughs> well, she's a black activist. I make no bones about that. I've said that in many stories. She, uh, I guess her claim to fame was that she was the interim director of the Peel District School Board when things allegedly fell apart. I think that was pushed by the uh, parents for uh, Black children in in the Peel District. And so she became interim director for a year, appointed by the ministry. And then after that year, she went over to the Toronto District School Board. That was in 2021, just sort of in the midst of the pandemic. And she's been the uh, Education Director of the Toronto District School Board since then. So we're going on two years now.
0: Mm. And of course, uh, the TDSB was in the news very recently uh, regarding, well, I don't know how to describe it. Is it a tragedy? Is it a crime? But we're Mm -hmm. talking about the principal, uh, Richard, and forgive me uh, if I mispronounce his name, is it Biltstow? Mm -hmm. Um, who was essentially, well, he took his own life, Sue Ann, but a lot of people allege that this man, who was a good man and a good principal and a good teacher, was essentially bullied to death. What was going on at the TDSP that led to this tragic incident?
1: He was railroaded. You know, he was was a white principal. Um, He actually happened to be gay as well, although that was kept, rather quiet and, you know, he doesn't have to display his personal life like many of the teachers at the Toronto District School Board when they come into the classroom. You know, you have to know everything about what they did the night before. But um, he uh, he was in a casual principal. He had officially retired a couple of years ago and then worked casually and was well recognized. And he signed up for one of those diversity, equity and inclusiveness sessions, DEI sessions. Uh, for, there were four uh segments of it. And the sessions were led by Kiko Ojo Thompson, who um, when you asked me about Colleen Russell Rollins, who was the contractor of choice at the Peel District School Board. So she was brought in to do similar sessions at in Peel. And then uh Colleen Russell Rollins brought her over to the Toronto District School Board to do these uh equity sessions, which ended up being just uh, you know abusive sessions uh, you know, denouncing white supremacy and white fragility. And, you know, as we found out, um, through, uh, Mr. Stowe's claim, uh, he made a, you know, claim to the court, um, and through recordings that have surfaced, uh, she was extremely abusive to him in two of these four sessions. So, uh, It didn't end at that, though, because Richard uh, actually uh, applied to the WSIB uh, for compensation. He went off on leave, and the adjudicator, they rarely rule in favour of uh, people at the board, especially in stress leave. The adjudicator even said that she had engaged, Ms. Thompson, Ojo Thompson, had engaged in egregious bullying, and aggressive behavior towards him and awarded him 6 weeks or more than 6 weeks 2 week 2 months of compensation which the Toronto district school board did not disagree with subsequent to when he came back they basically canceled him from any further contracts he one of the contracts that he had was was canceled and so they continued to operate like he was you know persona non grata And I think it wasn't just the bullying in the session, um, Dave, but it was what happened subsequent to the session. And
0: and speaking of subsequent to the sessions, Sue Ann, one of the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the most egregious things I thought is that not a single colleague (laughs) came (laughs) to the defense of Richard. Is that correct?
1: Yes, and that kind of uh, speaks to the article I wrote about the culture of terror. They've been all terrorized into silence. My article, I write about how they sit in their offices afraid that they could be next, labeled for some uh, racist miscue, something that maybe they looked at a Black student or a Black parent or a Black, teacher fellow teacher in the wrong way um it is just incredible how these people feel and what is going on inside the board and most of the people i spoke to uh or because i spoke to a series of people i met with them um agreed that this had happened or ramped up since colleen russell rollins became education director
0: Unbelievable. And also, uh, Sue Ann, I think in the Department of Chutzpah, that's my favorite Yiddish word, <laughs> meaning sheer unmitigated gall. Gall, oh, uh, yes. Miss Ojo Thompson, uh, the one of the head honcho bullies uh, against Richard, uh, she is reimagining her, reimagining herself as a victim. Um, I, I know there was supposed to be a barbecue in Brampton mm-hmm. last week in which she was going to uh, uh, appear, and we were planning to go out and cover that, and uh, it was cancelled because of fears of white supremacists standing on this Peel Park, and she is saying all kinds of things in the media, distancing herself from any responsibility of what happened to Richard. What do you make of that, Sue
1: Well, it goes right down the line. And yes, I I was going to go to that picnic as well. And I found out from, it was going to be run by the parents of Black children in Peel. And I called them up and they said that they had gotten death threats from white supremacists, which I promptly asked them, so how did you know they were white supremacists? They could have been Chinese (laughs) supremacists. They could have been Jewish supremacists. And the gentleman on the other end of the line said, well, they sounded like white supremacists. Oh. So of course they never provide any proof but uh, Co- uh kiko ojo thompson is chairman this shows you how incestuous these groups are she's chairman of the parents of black children in peel so you know she was not i'm sure she was behind this this picnic that they were or barbecue that they were planning but uh you know it's it's <laughs> they're they're amazing because they are terrible bullies she was Like, there's no question that she bullied Richard and the other people in the session. But uh, she's not only a bully, but she's a coward. And, you know, now she's playing the victim. Like, you know, you're being racist towards me. And this is just the act of white supremacists. And she's propped up by other activists who, you know, are in the DEI grifting game, you know, making lots of money from... It, there's a lot of money attached to this these dec- these equity sessions, as you well know, so uh, they don't want to be you know letting go of their uh, cash cow, so to speak.
0: It's incredible, and you know, Sven, um, do I have this right or not? It seems to me that there is a preponderance of so-called black activists that lobby for policies that are contrary to the well-being of black students and black parents uh an example a few years ago as you know there was a very successful program where there were some uh high-risk schools that had members of the toronto police service in those schools And it was to maintain order. And suddenly Mm -hmm. these black activists, I don't know, this was an example of imperialism, colonialism, you name it. uh, They got that program ended. And I remember black parents saying, listen, my kid wants to go to school to learn. He doesn't want to be bullied. He doesn't want to be shaken down for his lunch money. Why are you surrendering this realm uh, to the bullies? How do you explain this, Sue
1: Well, I was there at those meetings um, when the police services board were basically, the members were bullied into dropping the Cops in Schools program. And it was, you know, Desmond Cole, a well-known black activist who sees dead people under every rock. Um, and a a bunch of others um, from the Black Lives Matter movement. And here they are, you know, screaming about uh, cops being in schools and it being racist. Well, you're right. Uh, They don't speak for the majority of Black parents or Black children, but they're very loud. They're very noisy. And they have chips on their shoulders a mile high. Um, and so what's happened since then? The violence has increased. Uh, the black activist education directors and superintendents have eliminated expulsions and suspensions. There are no consequences for bad behavior and school like we've heard numerous stories of violence being out of control in in Toronto schools. And what is that? What is the reason for that? Because there are no consequences and because the cops are no longer in schools. Unbelievable, Sue Ann. And, you know, in the big picture, certainly
0: the TDSB, it does look like a hostile, toxic environment. Uh, there's no other way around it when you see uh, a respected principal taking his own life. But in the big picture, there are so many school boards in Ontario, Sue Ann, that are out of control. The Holland District School Board that can't Mm -hmm. even enact a dress code to that weirdo that's showing up as a grotesque uh, drag performer for shop classes. You've got the Halton District School Board, um, which has pornography in the elementary school libraries. I'm not exaggerating themes of incest and pedophilia in some of those books. Uh, Waterloo is another one. Ottawa, right. Carleton. I mean, the list right. goes on. I guess what mm-hmm. I'm leading up to, Sue Ann, is where, oh, where is our milk toast minister of education, Stephen Lecce?
1: Well, he's hiding under a rock, no doubt. I mean, if you find him, let me know, because he's doing these videos, lauding, lauding their back-to-basics curriculum. Well, I have another uh, piece coming out in a couple of days, which speaks to teachers in the classroom. And one of them told me flat out, great to have this back to basics curriculum, but it's not gonna be implemented unless they keep a very close eye on the school board, on Colleen Russell-Rollins and her acolytes, you know, who back her up. Uh, because right now it is totally out of control. The curriculum uh, is placed second to uh, DEI, Training and anti-black racism and critical race theory. So uh, yeah, I don't know where he is. It's good to make announcements, but if you don't follow through, look how he handled the uh, the big boob teacher. He didn't handle it. Look, I mean, there's umpteen uh, examples. Waterloo School Board going after teachers, going after other tr- a black trustee, Mike Ramsey, uh, has been just absolutely harassed by some of his colleagues. Uh, I mean. You know, I don't think Stephen Lecce is fit to be the education minister, but uh, Ford seems to be out of touch as well. Uh, Doug Ford, of course, the premier. I
0: I have never seen a weaker minister uh, in the province of Ontario than Stephen Lecce, who, by the way, stole the nomination meeting in King Vaughan going back to 2016 when it was meant to be uh, Constantine Tuba. So that tells you a lot about Stephen Lecce. But, you know, Mm. Suen. I want to run something by you, get your thoughts on this. I look at these school boards and they have been completely infiltrated with far left progressives. I'll go even further Marxists. And I think what's really going on here, the unspoken strategy, is that these Marxists, well, they're subscribing to Marxism 101, namely, tear down society. And rebuild it as that Marxist utopia, which never transpires. Just uh, go to North mm-hmm. Korea or Cuba or Venezuela, ask the people there <laughs> how things are working mm-hmm. out for them. Is that what we're seeing here? Uh, this uh, a grotesque infiltration of people that don't give a tinker's damn about the education of children. They are pursuing
1: a Marxist agenda and they're getting away with it. Well, certainly the trustees. Many trustees, far too many trustees um, of NDP or socialist leanings are getting onto these boards, uh, school boards. And that, and that that is a huge, huge problem. Then the unions, the teachers unions have become far left and woke and, and don't protect teachers who just want to do their jobs, keep their heads down and teach the curriculum. So there's a whole uh, system of you know, I call it incestuous wokeness because they all feed off each other. Um, I think the best thing is for parents, if they can, to pull these kids out of the school system. Well, two things. Pull their kids out of the, I wouldn't be sending my kid to TDSB schools right now. Pull them out of the schools, either homeschool, or if you can possibly afford it, send them to some sort of private school. Or, Show up at board meetings and start registering your concern. That is happening in Waterloo region. It's happening to a certain extent in Ottawa, certainly in Waterloo. I, I've seen uh, a, a group of people showing up. Very proud of them, and it's got to start happening at the Toronto District School Boards. I don't think parents are aware, many of them, of what's going on, truly going yeah, but, on.
0: But you know, when I've shown up to some of those meetings, um, mm-hmm. well. For some school boards, like Halton District School Board and uh, and uh, what's the other one, the Durham District School Board, uh, I've been mm-hmm. banned evidently for life uh, for showing up, <laughs> for asking impolite questions. Yes, or but for you are
1: wearing big breasts, David, let's yes. be honest.
0: You know what? But I have a newfound respect for uh, womankind. I don't know uh, how you get through the day without suffering backaches uh, every time I strap those things on. But you know what? Seriously, Sue, that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Uh, Mm -hmm. For Halton District, they're all down with the radical trans agenda when Mm -hmm. it's this weirdo, uh, Busty Lemieux, uh, teaching his high school students shop. But when you bring it up close and personal to a board meeting, oh, off with his head. David Menzies is banned for life. Doesn't that speak volumes about the hypocrisy of these so-called educrats?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, they're the the biggest hypocrites going. Uh, Yeah, they and they don't like it thrown back in their face. That is for sure. Uh, I would find. A similar situation in Waterloo, where there's a a gentleman named David Toddor who has shown up and given deputations, uh, or gave a deputation earlier this year about uh, pornographic books in Waterloo School Elementary Libraries, and the school board director, who who is such a coward, he wouldn't even take responsibility for this. He put out an open letter. He didn't even respond to David you know, personally, because David had raised several questions, put out an open letter basically defaming David and Mm -hmm. saying that he was abusive. Then he wouldn't even take responsibility for having written it. He got his whole team to stand up and say, we were behind this open letter. Um, So they, they, they love to dish it out. They love to, you know, intimidate and harass. But if you hold them to account, boy, they don't like it much. But that has to continue happening. I'm sorry, it does.
0: It's appalling, Sue. And I remember in Durham District, Mm -hmm. it was a father that got up and he started reading verbatim the text from an elementary school board. And the trustees called the police. And um, talk about convenience. The police station is right next door to the school board headquarters. I guess, you know, we have to wrap it up, Sue Ann. But what I'm wondering is... What can we do? We know we have no ally in the yeah. Ford PCs, which is shocking. Because right. if you remember, and I'm sure you do, back in 2018, they um, one of their planks was running against the McGinty win radicalized sex ed curriculum. I right. would say that right. in the last five years, it's become way more radicalized when they the didn't liberals. Clean
1: out the- they didn't clean out the education ministry, and that's the problem. They left all the WIN appointments in there. So ah. they haven't done their jobs. Um, what can we do? Parents have to speak up. Parents and uh, activist groups, not Black activist groups, but activist groups who truly want their kids to get a proper education. Moms, you know, um there are groups in the States that are making incredible strides doing that. Yes. And we've got to start doing it in Canada. You um, know what,
0: So, so Ann, I think you're absolutely right. I, I look back to mm-hmm. what happened very recently in Virginia, um, where you had parents, basically mama bear woke up and she said, no, I'm yes. tired of this critical race theory crap, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, radical transgenderism. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to basics. And it was a miracle what happened in that state, because when you look at it, the lowest elected office in North American democracy, it is school board trustee. And from the lowest office, well, what did you see happen? Regime change in that state when the Democrat unexpectedly uh, lost to the Republican uh, candidate. Um, I guess we should leave it here. Do you see an appetite in Canada, in Ontario, Sue for mama bear to wake up there, mob these school board yep. meetings and say enough is enough because certainly we we can't uh, count on our education minister, Stephen Lecce to do anything.
1: Yeah, I do see an appetite. I think it is growing. I mean, it's slow, but I do think it's growing and it's a responsibility of people like you and me to point out what's happening. So this is why I'm pursuing this teacher story because it's not just principals but teachers are enduring incredible pressures on them not to teach the curriculum to teach you know drumming and i don't want to give my story away but like crazy crazy stuff dave <laughs> <laughs> you think the well, boobs the big boobs are crazy
0: <laughs> <laughs> well well suad I-, I want to thank you again and we got to keep our eye on this and by the way two sure signs that summer is uh coming to an end uh, tomorrow the canadian national exhibition opens up runs till labor day and mm-hmm. we're hearing saber rattling from the ontario teachers unions uh mm-hmm. that we're pro- we might just have to go on
1: strike it's for the kids you see sue ann it's for the kids <laughs> well see there's the thing and the the problem is that lecce is going to focus on that he's going to be like big you know, big daddy and he's going to fight back and they're going to get a deal and they're, you know, maybe get what they want, maybe not, and he's going to save the kids. But that is just window dressing. That is all, it's just to divert from what's really, really happening in the classroom. And the teachers know it, the principals know it. I mean, the real teachers, not the activist teachers. They know it. And let me tell you, those unions don't re- represent the lion's share of those teachers in the, oh, in the school boards.
0: I totally agree. Well, Suanne, mm-hmm. I think the only thing uh, Lecce concentrates on is his latte at Starbucks, but we'll have to leave it there. Uh, mm-hmm. A pleasure as always, Suanne. I know you're going to keep an eagle eye on this story, so we'll have you back mm-hmm. here for an update. Well, folks, lots of feedback regarding Ezra's interview with fan favorite Manny Montenegrino regarding Justin Trudeau's separation from his wife, Sophie. Robert Steele, 7672, writes, I fully support my wife, my daughters, my mother, and my grandmother, and all others of the gentler gender, And I do not and will not call myself a feminist to gain some form of popularity among the ladies. It seems dishonest, creepy, and sneaky to insist on giving oneself such a silly title. Perhaps he is the emotionally insecure from enduring an emotionally neglected childhood under showboat Pierre and Rolling Stone Margaret, That's my view. Anyway, you know what? I tend to agree, uh, Robert. I mean, Justin Trudeau brands himself as a feminist, but he seems to have a lot of trouble with those in his caucus, especially female members who have strong opinions about anything. And how much of a feminist are you when you can't come to some kind of living arrangement with your very own wife, Sophie? They are now separated And I would say it's time for us to separate the title feminist from Prime Minister Blackface. Laurie5455 writes, asking for family privacy and then showing up with his son, both in pink for the Barbie movie, is about as hypocritical as you can get. Marriage been on rocks for some time, looking at Sophie's body language last couple of times. She, sh- she showed with Trudeau, failed at the job, failed at his marriage, failed Canadians, failed as a teacher. How is he still leading, I use this word loosely, this country when he has shown time and time again how we can't get positive results for anyone but WEF. You know, you raise a good point. Uh, the last couple of elections, as my uh, beloved colleague Sheila Gunn-Reed likes to say, he dusted off Sophie to take on the campaign trail for certain uh, photo ops. The idea is, look, he's just a common family guy, much like so many of us Canadians. That ain't gonna work whenever the next election is. and Hopefully, that's going to be sooner than twenty twenty-five. Jason Sanguin four thousand six writes, he means to say he is effeminate, not a feminist. Well, you know what? Uh, when you go to the Barbie movie with your son and you're clad in pink, yeah, you're really getting close to effeminate territory, at least in my books. Well, folks, that's it for tonight's Ezra Levant show. Thanks so much for tuning in. The big boss man, he'll be back here tomorrow. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.